Hey, I'm Matt Ray. Harry. <laughs> Was that too late? <laughs> Hey, I'm Rain. And I'm Harry. <laughs> and this is A for Effort. The show where we each bring three words or concepts and say them to the other person and they got to figure out what they means. Last time, you guessed first. So this time, I will guess first. All right. Then this time, I will <laughs> also say guess first. first. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, we got to start all over. All right. So my theme for this week is American foreign policy <laughs> in the 50s and 60s. Okay. <laughs> is the answer McCarthyism? No. <laughs> shoot. This is Jeopardy. <laughs> well, obviously, I would have said what is. Well, it was already, you posed it as a question. Is the answer, McCarthy? Yeah. Do they have to just, does it have to be a question or does it have to be such a direct question? As, it's got to be what is, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first one, tripwire. Okay. So American foreign policy in the 50s, 50s and 60s. 60s. And the first word is tripwire. Tripwire. Okay. Does it have to do with wiretapping? No. Okay. It's a metaphor. Okay, cool. For a strategy. Okay, well, a tripwire is literally, mm-hmm. to my understanding, something that you put low to the ground and it's disguised in some way, yep. and then people trip on it. Mm-hmm. Presumably you do that if you're trying to catch them at yes. something or otherwise impede their progress. It can be to impede, but it can also be to trigger something. Okay, yes, true. So... A tripwire in the context of American foreign policy in the 50s and 60s. So what was going on in the world in the 50s and 60s? Beginnings of the Cold War. Yep. (laughs) That's quite relevant. That was probably a major (laughs) occurrence at the time. Well, my guess is that it has something to do with the Cold War. That's true. And then applying the literal definition of tripwire that I just laid out Mm -hmm. in the context of the Cold War. Yeah. Is a tripwire in American foreign policy something like any small act of aggression would set off a full-scale actual war? That's close. Close enough for me to give the actual answer. Okay, cool. So basically, this is all part of Eisenhower when he became president in 1952. He created the the new look of American foreign policy. And that was basically the grand strategy in relation to the Soviet Union was what was called massive retaliation. So any possible conflict or aggression from the Soviet Union would result in massive retaliation, i.e. destruction via nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. So the tripwire concept was ground troops, specifically the ground troops in West Germany and West Berlin, were to be used as a tripwire, quote-unquote, meaning that if they were attacked there would be an immediate nuclear response. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I feel like I came pretty close. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, we'll see when I score you later, but I, I'm happy that you're confident. Okay, so next, escalation dominance. Okay. Escalation, increasing intensity. True. Yes. Dominance. Go on. Define it. <laughs> And then contextualize it <laughs> for the listener's pleasure. 
excitement. The word is dominant. Stop oh, that's... doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dominance is just being more powerful yes. than something else. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that Escalation dominance is the state of being of the United States or the Soviet Union such that they have more weapons available to attack the other one. If it escalates, then they'll have the upper hand. I don't know. As I'm saying this definition, I think I'm liking it less. Do you want me to interject? Sure. You're pretty much on the money. Ah, yes. Cool. (laughs) Too bad I erased my answer. (laughs) Yeah, you said you didn't like it, so I won't count it. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So after Eisenhower's new look and the strategy of massive retaliation, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them brought up the point, a lot of people in the State Department brought up the point that it's kind of boxes yourself in if there's a little bit of conflict, you necessarily, to keep up your legitimacy as a world power, have to destroy the Soviet Union and risk the destruction of the world. <laughs> yeah. So they decided to have a little bit more of a flexible foreign policy response to the Soviet Union, and that created the policy of flexible response. But for flexible response to work from the United States perspective, they needed what was called escalation dominance, i.e. if there was conflict, you responded to that level of conflict that was perpetrated by the Soviet Union. So if they drop one bomb on West Germany, you responded kind and so on, as opposed to destroying the whole world. But that would only work if each time conflict escalated, once it reached its pinnacle, you were the dominant power. Right. I think the best example of flexible response in practice was the Vietnam War. I mean, it was begun by the Americans, let's just say that. But Mm -hmm. as there was escalation by the North Vietnamese and the South Vietnamese in response to American occupation, then Americans would keep um, responding by escalating the violence. And the point is they believe that strategy would work because if it eventually led to nuclear destruction, they had the upper hand versus the North Vietnamese. Clearly, that didn't work because it kind of sucked all the resources out of America and was also a moral and ethical disaster. But that's another story. (laughs) Anyway. Our third term, moral and ethical disaster. (laughs) America. You're right. That's the definition. Yeah. No. Okay. So, yeah, that's that. Third term, pink. Okay. Spelled P-I-N-K? No. P exclamation mark N-K. No, it's not (laughs) P-I-N-K. Not like Uh, a pop star. So, a pop star. (laughs) (laughs) Is it an acronym? No. Okay. It's like a political slur in relation to foreign policy, uh, but also domestic policy. Okay. Given that it's the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and people are a little wild about communism, mm-hmm. <laughs> usually associated with the color red, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess <laughs> that to be accused of being pink mm-hmm. is to be accused of being sympathetic or not appropriately aggressive towards communism. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Exactly oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm punching the air. That's exactly what it was. People would be called pink or like a pinky or something like that. Right. Yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. Did people who were not appropriately aggressive towards communism often go to market? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it works on multiple levels. Because it yeah. No, you, <laughs> you don't have to explain. Uh, Okay, cool. That is the end of round one.
my category. Go right ahead. Is what do you got for me? Time perception <laughs> and memory. Oh, good. Okay. Specifically, memory of time perception. <laughs> Cut, Time's yeah. perception of memory. <laughs> Today's special guest, we have Kronos. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Okay. Number okay. one, give it to me. Hot and ready. Dominance. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the first term right. is reminiscence bump. So first immediate thought is something you experience or that you're opened to or whatever. There's a bump in how much you'll remember of it. If it's reminiscent of something else. Okay. That's my first thought. Okay. But I'm now going to break it down and see if I can find out something better. (laughs) Reminiscence bump. So reminiscent is something that reminds you of something else Mm -hmm. if it's reminiscent. And a bump is an increase. Not necessarily? I think, well, reminiscence, it can remind you of another thing, but you can also reminisce. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. Is it a certain, a stimulus leads one to reminisce more? In one situation than another? It has more to do with your memories than a current stimulus. Okay. Your memory of something leads you to reminisce about it? No. Reminiscence bump. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so do you want me to say it? A reminiscence bump is the tendency Mm -hmm. to remember more memories from your childhood than from other periods of your life. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so... In part, that's because when you were experiencing those things, mm-hmm. they represented almost 100% yeah. of your life. Yeah. Also, as you get older, mm-hmm. I didn't read a paper. This is just me. Speculating? Speculating, yeah. Conjecting? <laughs> that's the word <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't read a paper. This is just me speculating yes. that you also then grow up and continually have that as a reference point. So yeah. it reinforces. Those memories are consistently reinforced. I guess childhood is also like a distinct experience versus mm-hmm. the next 60 years of your life where you're just like an adult, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote. The source of this was a Guardian article mm-hmm. about the origins of Make America Great Again and oh. how many people clearly identify with that phrase in some yeah. way and how that sort of leans on this reminiscence bump. Mm-hmm. It's like make America great again like it was in your childhood. Remember yeah. your childhood and how great that was? <laughs> yeah. I was then reading this other article talking about this stress poll and 59% of respondents thought that now was the lowest point in US history mm-hmm. and this like, wasn't oh, just a civil war yeah <laughs> yeah but it covered many different age ranges yeah it's like people who lived through world war ii mm-hmm. being like now is the lowest point yeah right. there was a great quote and an Economist article about Make America Great Again mm-hmm. that was like that the argument that they're making was that America was better in the 1950s. And there was like this statistic. It was like even though 35% of American households didn't have a running toilet or something, <laughs> this is not like this is a false statement. It wasn't better then. Yeah. All right. The next term is telescoping effect. So a telescope, what does that do? Mm-hmm. It brings things closer. Mm-hmm. So, first thought, looking back into your memory or looking back in time, some effect that makes it feel closer in time than it was. Is that it? Yeah, that's the basic. Half of it. Half of it, okay. Yeah. I feel like you're really close, and so maybe I'll just give 
spitful. Uh, just give it to me. Okay, so there's forwards telescoping and backwards telescoping, mm-hmm. and I believe what you described is backwards telescoping. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, where things that happened a long time ago feel closer. Like they were just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> And then forward telescoping is when things feel like they happened further in the past. Mm -hmm. And the middle of those two effects Mm -hmm. is around three years in the past. Yeah. So something happened 10 years ago. It'll feel closer to three years. And if something happened one year ago, it'll feel closer to three years. All right. Ready for the third term? No. All right. We'll take a break. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> the third term is oddball effect. If something weird happens, you're less likely to believe it happened. What does that have to do with time? <laughs> no, to remember it happening. <laughs> okay. If something weird happened in a memory, you're less likely to believe it happened. You kind of rationalize it out. Or you you emphasize that in your memory. One of those two things. <laughs> Which is one do you think the it is? The opposite one <laughs> or the other one? <laughs> I think it's the you're more you're more likely to emphasize it in your memory. Mm-hmm. The difference. Okay, and then bring it back to time perception. Yes, yeah, so because the memory is like your memory of how long something seems took. farther away. If it's weird, <laughs> the weirder something is, the longer ago, the, the longer. <laughs> you're making faces, and I don't know how to respond. When I look encouraging, that means you're doing it wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're happy that I'm not getting it right. Yeah. The weirder something is, the farther in the future it won't happen. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain that. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirder something is, the lower probability that something has to occur, the longer you perceive its duration. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if I had a bunch of flashcards mm-hmm. and there was one blue flashcard mm-hmm. and then presented them to you for equal amounts of time. Yes. You would perceive the blue one as blue lasting longer. longer. Yeah. So if you suddenly went, giraffe, <laughs> in my mind, it would be more like, giraffe. <laughs> Is that pretty much it? Is that? I don't know. (laughs) Because I don't know. Is that not a good, clear example? I think think the flashcard thing was a little Yeah, the flashcard was much more precise. (laughs) Yeah, and and we come to this classic dilemma of clean experimentally, but not super meaningful, (laughs) or naturalistic, but difficult to quantify. Ugh, am I right? Ugh. If I presented you with a stream of green cards, okay. so I took the blue one out, but there's still this green card stream, mm-hmm. the first one would seem like it had lasted longer than the other ones. Because I'd be surprised it was green? Yeah, because you're just not used to it, but okay. then as it presents right. more and more, yes. it's a very high probability that the next thing you're going to see it's is green. a green card. Right. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Cool. Cool. Nice. <laughs> so I'm going to tabulate your score. Okay. All right. Scores are tabulated. Have you tabulated me? I don't think I did well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have my, my scores tabulated. 
All right, you give me my scores first. Okay, 1.5 out of 3. Okay. 1 for the telescoping effect. Okay. 0.5 for reminiscence bump. Okay. <laughs> Negative 8 for oddball effect. Just kidding, zero. <laughs> Yeah, that was a funny joke. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. that math doesn't add up at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I did you out of five for each one. <laughs> so you got three out of five for tripwire, okay. four out of five for escalation dominance, and five out of five for pink. Okay, so and that amounts to 12 out of 15, 12. which is 2.4. 2. 2.4 out of three, 1.5 out of three. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Good. That, good stuff. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of A for Effort. Yep. <laughs> if you want... Nothing to add. <laughs> nothing to add. If you want to read more about time perception, <laughs> I don't have any specific sources, but I will post... But Google time perception <laughs> and you'll get some good stuff. <laughs> but I will put the links to the articles I mentioned on The Guardian and Vox in the show notes. And if you want to read more about American foreign policy, look anywhere because that's all anyone ever talks about because it's really shaped the world in a negative way. So just look it up. <laughs> a for Effort is produced and hosted by me, Mairead. And me, Harry. And edited by me, Mairead. And not me, Harry. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Our music is Chop Shop Instrumental by White Flowers. Our logo is by Eights. Remember to like us on Facebook at A for Effort and to rate us and subscribe to us on the podcast app. That's A for Effort again. If you'd like to get into contact with us, you can message our Facebook page or you can email us at aforeffortcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>or you can like <laughs> or you can like find us on Facebook <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> you remember you remember <laughs>